welcome, welcome, welcome to the best idea for a podcast of all time. This is Champs in the Making, a Pokemon Bracket podcast where we take every one of these creatures in the Pokemon video game franchise, put them in a bracket together and find out which one the best one is. Starmie gives me like organic, free range, gluten free, like fidget spinner energy. Swallow can swallow a tire hole in one gulp. Ladybug looks like it is ready to give you so many high fives with each of its little mitten hands. <laughs> I don't like Weird Ear's face. It's got a big testicle for a nose, for sure. <laughs> I think Nido King's favorite beer is PBR. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Champs in the Making, a Moonshot Network podcast about Pokemon. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or first at patreon.com slash moonshotnetwork. Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. And this is the Argonauts Podcast. Every two weeks, I fail to solve an ARG, and Marn tells me what I should have done instead. And this week, we are finally finishing Find 815, the Yay. other lost ARG. We are, finally, <laughs> we are finally going to get off the island. We, you know, that's what they said the first time, Marn, and then uh, <laughs> it didn't quite work for them. We can't do it again. There are, there are other lost ARGs we've kind of touched on this uh none of them are in depth or documented well enough that i feel like we should talk about them on the show (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah they can't all be they can't all be winners or losers that are worth covering yeah exactly (laughs) no i think that sounds great um it feels good to be back in here i i said at the top of the episode i said every two weeks and then i was just like it's been longer than that since I've been in this seat, so <laughs> it feels good to be back in the recording booth. How many J.J. Abrams-related ARGs have we done this year alone? Uh, was oh, was Cloverfield this year? I feel like it was, right? That Cloverfield was like, I want to say back in January, but it could it could... It could have been last year. I'm not. You could tell me anything that has happened in the past three years has happened at any point in those three <laughs> years, and I believe you. That's fair. It t- today, as we record, is my birthday. You could tell me that the last time I had a birthday was in 2020, and I'd believe you. <laughs> yeah. Time isn't real anymore. Yeah. But <laughs> speaking of time being broken, uh, you want to get back to Lost? Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's talk about Lost. Oh, yeah. Uh, before we get into the ARG, we've got a couple of questions that came in our way. Uh, one of them is about, uh, in our last episode, you might remember three years ago, we said that we would uh, reboot Lost, right? Our good friend Colton yes. says, uh, last episode, we talked a little bit about what our Lost reboot would look like. How would it change if we were rebooting it for the CW? Ooh... I I feel like that's something that gets a little overlooked is that part of what made Lost Lost is that it needed to be in the format it is because it was on network television. Yeah, that's how, that's true. How would that change for you if you're rebooting it for a I guess a specialty network like the CW? I don't know what you'd refer to it as, but but you know the vibes. What First of all, everyone's twice as hot, which is hard because the cast of Lost is hot. Yeah, everyone everyone is much younger, but they're like 
there's still like 25 year olds playing like teenagers. Yeah, okay, so yeah, it's it's a cast of teens, but they're all played by 30 year olds. Yes, absolutely. Same, <laughs> same cast, but they're in high school. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, there's more gay characters. So, like, more than one? Yes, more than one. easy bar to clear. And they get cancelled after season five. (laughs) (laughs) I, I want to, uh, in, and the podcast finds, uh, we were talking about doing a Lost Rewatch podcast sometime, and I was thinking about it, and I would want to do a Lost Rewatch podcast with someone that had never seen the show. Uh-huh. And I do want to give them the hook of there is one canonical gay character on Lost. <laughs> How many episodes of our podcast will it take you to guess who it is? Oh, God. From the moment that they're introduced. Oh, God. That's so mean. <laughs> I'm going to actually... here. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot. Marn, do you remember the one gay character on Lost? Uh, it's one of the others, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got me. It's uh, Mr. Smiley. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, but I was just like, "Wow, we're we're <laughs> we're announcing this about this character after he's dead." Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't it like the the cre- the creators like just said it in an interview? Like it's never actually they don't like turn to the camera and are like, "I'm gay." <laughs> No, they 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 don't rowling him, but they do uh like uh someone visits him off the island in a flashback, I guess. Uh and he just like has a partner there. And he's just like, "Hello friend." And he turns to the guy and he's just like, "We're going to need a little time away." And the other guy's just like, "Okay, honey." And Good he's just like, Lord. "Great. I love early 2000s television." Oh man. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, to be fair, a lot of like early 2000 shows did that. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Fallen <laughs> or Russo brothers are just like, we've introduced our most prominent gay character this season. <laughs> His name it's is this- Guy Number Three, and he's in the background of a shot. <laughs> he has five lines of dialogue. <laughs> Hell yeah. I like our CW pitch. Uh, and I do want to on the on the other end of things, we're rebooting everything. Uh, Birdlord five thousand writes in and says, "How would you revolutionize the sad divorced ARG guy whose partner was lost at sea?" Genre. We did that. <laughs> we literally did that. We we huh? We did that, huh? Didn't we? Didn't we? I... <laughs> we literally did do that. Is the thing I. Marn is half the creative duo behind uh, Pepsi Navy Exposed. I forgot that we did that. <laughs> so, you ever see a, a work so groundbreaking you don't even realize some of the ground it breaks? <laughs> Damn. I mean, to be fair, his partner wasn't lost at sea, but it was like the intent that it w- like we were doing a twist on like the sad divorced arg protagonist. I mean that's that's the twist, right? Uh, we do an yeah. ARG where the sad divorced arg guy is the guy lost at sea. True. Okay, he's the there guy on go. the boat. That okay? The, yep, we did it. Damn, trailblazers. <laughs> Where's our award? <laughs> you ever you ever look toward our future and go, damn, we gotta have shades. Things are looking uh. too bright. <laughs> Uh, it's good to be back in the saddle, Marn. 
How are we going to further revolutionize the sad divorced arg guy trope, though, in our next ARG? In the next one, I think, I don't know. Uh, I think the big, so the big revolution in this ARG that we're covering is that he's not even married yet, but he has the energy. Yeah. I think we need to make, okay, we need to make an ARG where the main character is a Ted Mosby-like figure. Mm, okay. a, a single person who carries divorced energy. <laughs> he's single and he's like, damn, I wish I had a wife who was lost at sea. <laughs> See, I, I was thinking along similar lines, you could do an ARG where the plot is the divorce. Ooh. <laughs> like... <laughs> The plot of the ARG is that you're helping someone with their divorce proceedings. <laughs> <laughs> there is a there's a store that uh, uh, Riley Hopkins, friend of the show, lives near, uh, where they sent us a screenshot of once that was called the Divorce Store. And they were oh, offering yeah. like a $99 a person divorce special one day. <laughs> Like, as, just as a sale, um, which is very funny to me that they're just like, we got a special deal. As if someone's going to drive by and be like, you know, I was going to work out the problems in the relationship, but I'm just leaving money on the table if we don't get divorced right now. <laughs> I think that we need to we need to pitch to them and say, hey, we'd like to do a multimedia, uh, a multimedia ad interactive experience uh, in order to advertise the divorce store. Oh my god, an immersive theater divorce experience. Im- immersive divorce experience. <laughs> oh my god, this is what happens when we don't do the show for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> we have a friend that was uh, throwing around the idea of doing a Valentine's Day Cupid ARG. We're doing the mm-hmm. reverse of that. <laughs> yeah. First, where the the group of players has to break a bunch of couples up. (laughs) Launching August 14th, which is the opposite of (laughs) Valentine's Day. Uh, We're we're launching the anti-Cupid shuffle. Oh, my God. Uh, Marn, while I'm sketching out some some starter... So just pigeon out an outline. Uh, gonna start sc- uh, scribbling stuff together. While I'm in the middle of that, do you want to get us back into uh, Find Date 15? Yeah, let's talk about Find Date 15th. <laughs> <laughs> so we left, we left our protagonist having just broken into someone's room on a boat, uh, and they opened up, I believe, a briefcase and got some fancy documents. That it turns out Charles Widmore is behind everything? Yeah, I can read you the little story so far blurb from that uh, that puzzle, which is, uh, Sam's desire to leave the Christiane one at the next port comes across an unexpected obstacle, leaving him curious about the identity of Talbot's employers. Damn. So this is the beginning of chapter three of... Chapter three of five, I believe? Yeah. Chapter three of five, uh, the protagonist Sam has broken into uh, this guy Talbot's quarters on this boat that they're on, uh, which is doing like a grid sweep of the ocean. It's a salvage ship that's doing a grid sweep of the ocean for 
uh, to find the Black Rock, which is this sunken ship in the Sunda Trench. Um, and Talbot is being employed by like the people funding this um, this sweep to find the Black Rock. Um, and so the last thing that we talked about last time was a little uh, point-and-click game where you have to help Sam find a briefcase in Talbot's quarters and open the combination lock before he gets caught. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And once they solved it, uh, they found a research brief from the Maxwell group uh, titled Proposed Salvage of the Black Rock Shipwreck. And we found out that the Maxwell Group is a division of Whitmore Industries, which we talked about is like a a big bad corporation in Lost uh, for people who haven't actually watched Lost. Yeah, uh, behind (laughs) every corporation is uh, the Whitmore Group. Yeah. Uh, And Talbot tells the captain, Occam, that he doesn't believe that Sam is an asset to the expedition uh, because he he finds Sam kind of snooping around. Mm Mm-hmm. So then on January 15th, uh, 2008, uh, the players were able to log on and find on Sam's desktop that he received a mysterious email from an unknown sender uh, that had a string of letters, uh, A-A-B-B-C-F-C. Okay. Uh, he also got an email from his fiance Sonia's parents uh, offering to let him stay with them. Uh, during his and Sonia's upcoming anniversary and saying that they would support him and they wanted to make sure that he was doing okay. Uh, he also emailed his friend Tracy, who is like his hacker friend who like does a bunch of research for him, uh, to let his mother know that he's okay, but that he wouldn't be able to be home for Christmas, which is weird because this is taking place on January 15th. <laughs> <laughs> We're in for a long trip. <laughs> Uh, so then on January, <laughs> so then on January sixteenth. Oh wait, I feel like we did some of this. Whatever. I think, I think we might have done a little bit of it. It's been a while since we've recorded. I think let's just hit it. And if people say this sounds familiar, uh, that's just what you get for forward, listening like to two minutes. episodes in a row. Yeah. Uh, so then on January sixteenth, uh, there's a new video showing. Uh, Sam hears these weird noises coming from the bridge and he finds that like the navigational instruments on the bridge are freaking out uh, and then the player can choose to have him click on a random button which I remember we talked about he just presses a random button and then the instruments are fine again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he does another clue hunt or the players do another clue hunt uh, where they have to find uh, various like items that have to do with the first three seasons of Lost. Uh, they've been doing these periodically throughout the ARG in order to get little like hints about characters for the fourth season. Uh, and then on January 17th, uh, Sam gets a voicemail from Oceanic Airlines saying that his uh, his loyalty flyer points have been revoked because they fired him. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh, on his desktop, the players find that uh, he has been searching for the name Maxwell and pulling up results on uh, James Clerk Maxwell, a pioneer of electromagnetism. 
which he sent to Tracy asking uh, what she thinks could have led to like the weird navigational instrument behavior on the boat. Uh, Tracy says it was probably caused by lightning, a temporary failure inside the electrical system, or a strong wave of electromagnetic energy. <clears throat> okay. I wonder what could have caused that. I, I wonder. <laughs> uh, she... <laughs> <laughs> she also sent Sam a flyer uh, for a website called BallyHolidayFun.com, uh, which was a vacation site uh, for a travel agency. But when you went to the site, it was just an image and you couldn't actually click on any of the links. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> it was like laid out like a website, but it was just like a static image. Uh, but it did have a Gmail account that you could email. Uh, and I, if I, you, sorry, I did that in high school once in a web design class. Oh my god! I had to give like <clears throat> we had to get up and give a presentation, and I like didn't get a site ready, so I just like <laughs> took a picture of a website and pretended it was how it would look when I coded it. <laughs> That's so funny. <clears throat> um. You so you can email their uh, their email address. It was just ballyholidayfun at gmail dot com, uh, and it would return a scrambled series of characters that had the web address findafifteen dot com slash steg slash stegosaurus, uh, which had a picture of a life size dinosaur replica. Ooh, <clears throat> I steg the stegosaurus. I feel like I know that from something. Hmm. Apparently, the the replica is from a Polish dinosaur park. Apparently, it is also a Beanie Baby, so I probably don't. Oh, fun. Well, there you go. Here, I'll send you the picture of it. Okay. Of the statue. <laughs> I might be getting... Huh. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm probably um, getting mixed up with <laughs> Sue the T-Rex or something. Hmm. Uh, so then they... They also found that the subject of the email was an anagram for the name Samuel Morse, who, as we know, invented Morse code. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the, the players found that there's Morse code hidden in the voicemail Sam had gotten from Oceanic Airlines. Um, and decoding that Morse code got the phrase open stego, uh, which is an open source steganography software. Uh, and they were able right. to, yeah, they were able to open the Stegosaurus picture from the website in OpenStego and find uh, that trying to decode it uh, resulted in a pop-up that asked for a password. Okay, I think this is where we picked up. This this is where we left off last time. I think you're right, yeah. That's that's where I recognize Steg the Stegosaurus from. <laughs> yeah, so they they opened this image. They got asked for a password that they didn't have. So then on the 18th, uh, Sam uploaded a video diary uh, saying that he couldn't convince the captain to let him off the boat. Uh, he knows that Talbot is working for the Maxwell Group, who have been sending him emails. Um and that he worked out that some of the cryptic emails he'd gotten were latitude and longitude, uh, but he didn't know what they pointed to yet, and that he was planning on hacking into Talbot's chart plotter to check what the latitude and longitude that he'd been given pointed to. Okay. 
there were also, if you pause the video at certain points, uh, there was Braille hidden in the video, uh, which we will come back to in a moment. Uh, and there was also a scrambled color inverted image of James Clerk Maxwell. If you pause the image at a certain point, uh, James Clerk Maxwell, who I'm Googling right now, was a Scottish mathematician who is responsible for the classical theory of electromagnetic radiation. Okay. Uh, And also, the progress tab on the Find A15 site now showed that all of Chapter 3's tasks had been completed. Hmm. So now we move on to Chapter 4. Hell yeah. Which started on January 21st. Just in time for Christmas. <laughs> uh, with a recap that said Sam's attempt to outwit Talbot and pinpoint the exact position of the coordinates brings unexpected results. Okay. <clears throat> uh, and there was a little game intro that you could pull up that had uh, Sam in like the uh, at the wheel of the Christiane. And looking at the coordinates that he lived, uh, or the, the coordinates that he had been led to. Um, and once he's left alone there, he cuts an electrical wire to the chart plotter so that it looks damaged. Uh, and then Occam, the captain, comes in and is like, I need you to fix this chart plotter. I'll go tell Talva it's broken. And so it was like, great and he he fixes it like immediately and starts hacking it (laughs) (laughs) and so that led to a little mini game of hacking the chart plotter okay um which was basically have you played the game mastermind uh is that where it like that's basically like Wordle, right? Where you put a thing in yeah and it tells you how many are right and which ones are Uh correct yeah yeah, so it gave them a list of uh, eight characters that could make up the five-character password for the plotter, um, and they had to enter it until they got it right, and they would be told, like, if it if it was the correct input in the correct position or the correct input in the wrong position. Um, but... There was no, like, single solution because the particular characters that you were given every time were random. Um, so they couldn't just, like, brute force it. <laughs> they had to actually play the game every time they wanted to get in. Hell yeah. Which is really funny. <laughs> Good. I, I, I respect that. Yeah. I, I respect uh, that way more than one person gets it right once and then they always know the password. Uh-huh. I love I love forcing the players to, like, you gotta do it again. Come on, hit me. Yeah, this specifically says there is no algorithm for determining the solution. Hell yeah. Oh, I love it. More args gotta do that. Uh, But they had ten attempts to get it right. Um, Which was probably more than enough, considering they it was only, like, a pool of eight characters that they had to to guess from. Um, This page does have a set of tips on it, too. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, the tips are 
Start by narrowing down which of the eight possibilities are in the collection of five by testing two at a time. If at any time one is determined to be in the correct position, keep entering it there on each subsequent row and test pairs in another position. When a collection of five is determined, narrow down the whites to the correct position one by one, trying them in various positions they haven't been tried in already. Okay. That seems like a weird strategy, because you're only... Yeah, I... You're only making use of two of the character slots every time. Yeah, I... I don't think that's right. I've played enough Wordle to know that that's not how you approach this. Yeah, I... I don't think this is a good tip. (laughs) No wonder they were so bad at this. (laughs) Uh, if you lost, you got a little, like, Game Over video where Sam got caught hacking the plotter, uh, by Occam and Talbot, and... They were just like, what are you doing? <laughs> I love that every, uh, like, just every part of this does have a, like, bad cut scene that's someone going, hey. Yeah. Hey, it's now. Not even, <laughs> there's not even, like, consequences. It's just, like, people walk into a room and look disappointed at him. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't get, you don't have to stop playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, And then if you won, uh, you got a little video, a longer video, uh, where Sam basically lies and is like, yeah, I fixed it. It was just like a loose cable. Um, And then after Occam, the captain, leaves, uh, Talbot confronts him and is like, I know you were lying. (laughs) And, like, picks up the coordinates that he had written down right next to the chart plotter. And it's like, why did you have this? <laughs> and so it was like, I've never seen those numbers before in my life. And Talbot's like, they're coordinates. And Sam's so like, wow, is that what they are? <laughs> I don't know what coordinates are. <laughs> it's a good thing this guy took the ocean without knowing what checks notes coordinates are. Uh, and then Talbot... It's like, you have no idea what you're involved in. You don't know who you're dealing with. And Sam says, well, the Maxwell group gave me these coordinates and they are paying you to be here also. Uh, and Talbot's like, stay away from those coordinates. You won't find what you're looking for. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and so then uh, the players on the same day discovered the password for the Stegosaurus picture. Um, because after you successfully, uh, after you get, like, the success video for hacking the chart plotter, um, right at the end of the video, it pulls up a string of arrows and number signs, um, that can be used in conjunction with the string of braille, um, because the number signs signify which of the braille, uh, which of the Braille corresponds to numbers instead of letters. Okay. Um, and the arrow signs correspond to which of the letters are uppercase or lowercase. Okay. Uh, and so once they entered the password, it was just like a, a long string of letters and numbers. Um, once they got in, uh, they got a string of binary that translated to hexadecimal that translated to base 64, that translated to When I Heard the Learned Astronomer, uh, which is the title of a Walt Whitman poem. Yeah, okay, that sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah. And that, and 
that was all they got out of that. Um, so then on January 22nd, uh, Sam got a voice message, uh, from a guy named Richard, um, saying that, uh, a, he'd gotten an insurance payout, uh, on a company that he'd invested in that had burnt to the ground. Okay. (laughs) Uh, and they needed instructions, over if uh, Sam wanted them to reinvest the money or just transfer it to him. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy playing uh, Sam's investment simulator. Oh, man. Yeah, I hope that goes somewhere. Uh, he also emailed his friend Tracy uh, that uh, uh, asking if... Uh, she had contacted his mom, um, and if she was okay, and telling her about the, uh, and telling her that, uh, he probably wouldn't follow up on the, uh, on the vacation website that she'd sent him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he also emailed, uh, the insurance company, uh, saying, that's great news, the money will come in handy now, I'm no longer at Oceanic, let me know what I should do about the tax situation. (laughs) Um, good investment (laughs) in tax simulation that's exactly what i want in my lost arg i'm so excited uh tracy also emailed him back and said i called your mom she was relieved to hear you were okay she's invited me around for christmas day (laughs) you're going to owe a very big christmas present when you get back (laughs) talk soon tracy I'm, it is January twenty second, by the way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is so funny just thinking about this and just like they're planning for eleven months from now. I'm yeah. I I'm guessing that it's meant to be exactly a month behind. Yeah, or something. But I just I love the idea that like. He's just like, yeah, we'll see you in uh, next year. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, and so then, oh, I had the wrong tab of him. Uh, so Sam also got a email from a unknown sender uh, that had a long string of numbers and lowercase letters. Um, and in each line that had letters, they could be rearranged to spell out the names of various numbers. Um, okay. And so once you put all of the numbers together and you put the letters together to spell out the numbers, uh, it was a simple number letter replacement code uh, that became Love You Madly, uh, which Sonia had said in the first uh, Clue Hunt video, Sam's fiance. Okay. Quite mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then on January 23rd, uh, there is a video uploaded of Sam walking on the deck of the Christiane, uh, and he sees weird aurora lights out at sea, but when he grabs his binoculars, uh, they vanish. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Sounds like the others. <laughs> Does the Lost Island have aurora borealis? It wouldn't surprise, like, you, 
the same way that people tell you that uh, you could tell them anything about Riverdale and they'd believe you, you could tell me, like, the Lost Island has blank and I would believe them. Hmm. Yeah. I haven't watched Lost recently enough to, <laughs> to remember if there's Aurora Borealis on the island. I, I, I can tell you there wasn't uh, in the episodes that I watched, but it could if it jumped around to a Aurora Borealis place. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know it, it, either. It I almost said it's not there in the manga. I don't know why that's the words that came to mind, uh, but it's not there in uh, it's not there in the episodes that I watched. Wild. <laughs> um. So then there is a clue hunt around the ship's lounge, uh, where players had to find items corresponding to. The different seasons of Lost, uh, one of which was a picture of Vincent the dog. Oh, my boy. My boy. Love Vincent. Yeah. <sighs> uh, they also had to play a little puzzle game called Pinpoint the Coordinates, uh, where they had to place markers on a coordinates map uh, in order to determine the location of five different points. Okay. Um, and once they did that, they got the names of more season four characters, uh, from the freighter, which they could enter on find815.com to get a bonus clue, uh, which was a picture of the, which was a picture of a pill bottle that had a cipher in its serial number. Hmm. Um, and it was a number letter substitution code, and then you had to read it backwards, uh, or they realized that reading it backwards started with the phrase, use head, um, (laughs) and they, (laughs) and they realized that, uh, they could put the whole backwards phrase through a Caesar cipher, uh, and get the phrase Camp Millar bonus clue. Hmm. Uh, and Camp Millar is a location in Svalbard. Okay. Uh, about midway between Norway and the North Pole. Interesting. I mean, you'd probably get Aurora Borealis there. Probably. I'm 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 saying that based on nothing except that it's cold there, and I just assume yeah. that anywhere it's cold, you can get Aurora Borealis, so... <laughs> it's close enough to the North Pole. Yeah, I'd believe it. Yeah. So, <laughs> the next day, January 24th, uh, Sam's web browser has southernauroralights.com pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> which is a page describing Aurora Australis. Okay. Uh, which is a natural phenomena of the southern hemisphere in which the sky is filled with mysterious lights due to magnetic forces of the atmosphere. The aurora australis occurs in a oval around the south magnetic pole. Wait, hold on. Is this real? <laughs> oh, it is real. Hell yeah. It's the southern cousin to the aurora borealis. Wow. You learn something new every day. At this time of year? In this geographical location? <laughs> uh, there's also a photograph on the page of Christiane Berkland, 
who is a Norwegian scientist who studied the Earth's magnetic field and auroral phenomena. Cool. Uh, Sam also had some emails. Uh, he had sent an email to Tracy uh, talking about the aurora that he saw. Uh, he said, the other night I was on the deck when I saw what looked like a cloud of green light on the horizon. I grabbed my binoculars for a closer look. It was a series of long green streaks that moved slowly and blended with each other. After about 20 seconds or so, they faded away. <laughs> cool. Uh, <laughs> Tracy sent him an email back that was like, hmm, definitely aliens. No, I'm fucking with you. It was an aurora. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she did say, uh, they don't normally fade away quickly like yours did. Could be related to the mishap on the bridge the other day, but it's hard to tell for sure. I'm sure it's nothing sinister. Just a little weird. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it's nothing sinister. <laughs> uh, on the 25th, uh, Sam uploaded a vlog, uh, complaining about Talbot, uh, <laughs> about how Talbot was on to him because he left the piece of paper with the <laughs> coordinates just lying around. <laughs> They're on to me. I'm the worst <laughs> spy in history. Uh, he also talked about the Maxwell group. He said, I don't know who this Maxwell group is. I don't know what they do, why they do it, and who they do it to. And their last email, now they're just toying with me. This time they used a different code, and when you decipher it, it says, love you madly. Sonia and I would say that all the time. Why send it? Is it supposed to help? Make me feel better? Of course not. It's supposed to mess with my head. Maybe it's supposed to spur me on, make me remember Sonia. Well, thank you very much, but I don't need any help. <laughs> She's all I think about. <laughs> uh, God. And he said I, I know it's crazy I know I can't trust these people but if they want me to find the black rock that's what I'm going to do I have to get to these coordinates and if I do maybe they'll get me what I want uh, and the video blog was found to have several images from a, a paper by James Clerk Maxwell called On Physical Lines of Force uh, which talked about equations to describe directional magnetic force per unit of volume. Uh, there was also another hidden frame that just said, thank you for watching carefully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and once players watched this video, uh, the... Uh, the little chapter four progress tab updated to say that chapter four had been completed. Sounds good. Yeah. We're making good time through this arc. We are. We're so close to being finished. <laughs> <laughs> but Marn, we haven't found 815 yet. <laughs> You'll just have to watch season four of Lost. Uh-oh. <laughs> that this is leading into. <laughs> uh, chapter five started on January 28th with a little recap video. Uh... The story so far tab said Sam's determination to reach the mysterious coordinates risks the lives of all aboard the Christian One. Will Sam find answers, or has he made a life-threatening mistake? Um, and you could find this prematurely, I think we talked about this in one of the other chapters, uh, by setting your computer clock to a future date. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Animal Crossing style. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> There was another video uh, where Sam showed uh, Captain Occam the coordinates 
um, and said, like, we're within range of these today. It's the only chance that we're going to get to go check these out. I think these are, like, the coordinates to the Black Rock, but I, I also don't think the Talbot's telling him everything. Um, and Occam was like, well, I'm being paid by Talbot, and, like... I be like basically he's gonna pay for every day that I'm out here and I don't get a cut of like what they find when I find the thing so like <laughs> what's the advantage of me just going there uh, <laughs> and Sam is like I'll pay you triple to go to these coordinates <laughs> uh, and so Occam lets him load the coordinates onto the chart plotter uh, and says, uh, you follow the directions, like, I'll keep Talbot busy, uh, and then the players playing as Sam have to safely navigate the ship through a, a treacherous reef with unpredictable cur- currents. Okay. <laughs> um, and so it was a literal, like, little game where you you had to use your arrow keys on your keyboard to like navigate uh to to steer the ship through uh like a maze and if you hit the reef you would game over i'm pretty sure hmm Fun. yeah if the if if the ship hit the reef then you would sink <laughs> there's there's what the map looked like oh wild cool yeah, I would not be able to do that. that no, is... I like this little divot at the very end, really ramping up the difficulty for the final boss. Yeah, that is a lot of precision. That sure is. <laughs> uh, and if if you failed, you would get a little clip of like the ship hitting the reef and like Sam in the cabin as it like started to shake wildly <laughs> and, and sink. <laughs> Uh, and if if you made it, uh, you got a clip of uh, Occam and Talbot coming back to the bridge, and uh, Occam was and and started like flipping switches and stuff. And Occam was like, "Talbot knows what's going on." And Talbot said, uh, "The coordinates you found in my cabin are insignificant. Every day, Magnus Hanzo, the captain of the Black Rock, recorded the ship's position in a journal. My employers have that journal. Our search grid is based on it." Dozens of position logs throughout the Sunda Trench. What makes you think this one is any more important? Uh, and Sam says, I was given these by the Maxwell Group, his employers. And Akim's like, no, you probably stole those out of Talbot's cabin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Sam says, no, you're lying. The Maxwell Group told me to come here. And Talbot says, my employers have never made mention of you. How did they contact you? Um, and Sam says via email, by code of the email, they sent a picture of my fiance with a hidden message inside. It said, Sunda Trench, Black Rock. They sent me streams of numbers that I had to decipher just to get those coordinates. Uh, <laughs> and Aka was like, you seriously almost got, like, almost sank my boat because of that? <laughs> because of, like, an email that you got? <laughs> so it's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm doing actual sailing work here. <laughs> Uh, and then, sorry while about your arguing... wife or whatever, but I'm I'm trying to <laughs> trying to live. I've got a lot of people yeah. on this boat that are trying to get paid. Okay, he drove the boat into a reef. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <sighs> um. And so while they're while they're like arguing and everything, 
the ship's like radar picks up on an object in the water, and Occam's like, "Well, I think that we found the black rock." <laughs> dun dun dun! Hell yeah, we finally made it. <laughs> While arguing about having to go completely out of their way. <laughs> Wait, okay, so. The Black Rock, clearly they haven't, because the Black Rock is on the island. Correct. So, did Charles Widmore not only create and bury a fake Flight 815, but he also buried, a, and by buried I mean sank, uh, a fake Black Rock to throw people off the scent, and then hire them to find the fake Black Rock so that they would find the boat? Or the plane? I think there is... A very good chance that that might be what happened. <laughs> Lost is so stupid. I love it. Oh, I love Lost so much. Uh, so then on January 29th, uh, so we, we just did the 28th. Um, so then on the 29th, uh, an Oceanic Airlines banner appeared on ABC.com and various Lost fan sites uh, advertising that there was going to be an exclusive Oceanic Airlines announcement on the 31st. Okay. Uh, and so, and so that same day on, uh, findafifteen.com, Sam had a message from Tracy saying, Hey, it's Tracy. I don't know if you're going to get this message, but I wanted to check you're okay. You haven't been sounding too good. I mean, you're out in the middle of nowhere by yourself, and I know your anniversary is coming up, and I'm just letting you know I'm there for you. You think that Christmas is coming up? Uh, I'm worried about you. <laughs> Sam also had some emails. Uh, he had one from Austral Air uh, saying that uh, they had a position open that he might be suited for, and that they wanted him to come in for an interview. He also had a email from an unknown sender that said, all is lost in leet speak. Okay. He emailed Austral Air back and said, one or two things have come up recently, and I don't know <laughs> when I will be back in Sydney. <laughs> also, I'm not sure if I'll be up to working for an airline again at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I I love the... Uh, anytime an ARG uses leet speak, it just like... It's a very specific point in time on the internet, you know? Yeah, it's extremely 2008 on the internet. Yeah, that... Oh, boy. <laughs> God. Oh, man. He also emailed Tracy saying that he got her message and said, something's come up here at the moment. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I have a bad feeling about it. <laughs> uh, it was also found on his web browser that he had pulled up the ocean forecast for the Sunda Trench, uh, which was projected to be rough or very rough. Hmm. 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 And that was all. That was all for the 29th. Okay. So was it rough uh, or was it very uh, rough? <laughs> I'm on pins and needles here, Marn. <laughs> so on the 30th, uh, an Oceanic Airlines van was spotted around Los Angeles, uh, it was advertising Oceanic Airlines and FlyOceanicAir.com, uh, which you may remember was the trailhead for this ARG. Um, yes. There was a commercial of it 
there was a commercial for it, and then when people went there, they uh, they ended up finding Sam and like a a thing for finding fifteen. Um, and it also had a little bumper sticker that said, "How am I driving? Do I look like I'm lost?" <laughs> Uh, legitimately, I would I would have that as a bumper sticker. Yep. Uh, Oceanic Airlines also issued a press release announcing that the airline was giving away a golden pass that allowed the holder to fly the airline anytime and anywhere for free, uh, and that they would be airing a commercial uh, with details on the thirty first. Uh, and the the phone number on the Oceanic Airlines site had a new message uh, that, with the same information as the press release. Okay. Uh, there was also a video of Sam walking on the deck of the ship and he... Hold on, does this video exist? I'm just going to send it to you because it sounds really goofy. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to watch it. Okay. It's like a 45 second video. Clue hunt intro. Oh, man. So <laughs> he goes up and he thinks he hears Sam. And then he spends the rest of the other 30 seconds yelling, Sonia, Sonia, Sonia. <laughs> like he's uh, like he's Michael calling for Walt. So the transcript says this video is interrupted by a sequence in which Sonia's face faintly appears on the ocean. And they do have a picture of it on the Lostpedia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, new episode, new, new new desktop background, new episode image. Oh, we run the network now. I can put whatever images I want behind the, behind the episode. It's just, it's just Sonia transparent, fo- like fifty percent opacity photoshopped over the ocean. It's so good. It's really it's good. Very. Uh, hold on you keep going with the episode i'm gonna do a thing real quick oh god okay uh, so after that little video there's another clue hunt uh they had to find three different objects around the deck of the christian uh that related to the three seasons of lost um and they then could click a little box uh, that said property of Queens College Department of Physics uh, that was on the page and it would direct them to a little game called Weather the Storm in which they had to steer the ship through bad weather avoiding storm clouds and tidal waves um, and it was kind of the same game that they played before uh, where they had to use the arrow keys to steer the ship except this time uh, they were avoiding like storm clouds that were coming across the screen and tidal waves. Um, and if they got hit four times, uh, it would sink the ship. Cool. I love it when a game gets harder. Pretty soon we're going to yeah. have a boss fight. <laughs> uh, and once they did that, they would get their little like season four related key phrase, like character name that they could put in as a password uh, to resist to receive uh the clue oh god ah um a, a bonus clue queen's college 
Is that where? What's his? No, he teaches at Oxford. Um, okay. Yeah, I I think you're right though. Like I I think that's what it is. It's where like it's where Dustin goes when he is like it lost in time and the constant. Is it okay? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Uh, Sam also uploaded a video diary, uh, saying that they'd found the black rock. Um, when they first got there, it looked like nothing was there. Um, but they, once they had turned the ship around, uh, or once Talbot had ordered the ship to be turned around, the sonar found something under the water. Uh, Sam was able to, uh drive like a, a portable camera down to get a visual uh and they they found a ship under the water Ooh, i wonder what ship they found <laughs> oh my god oh. Uh, listeners my joke wasn't that funny uh i did just post in the chat uh, the image of sonia except it says finding 815 is my passion oh man um he uh he also talks in this video blog about uh how tomorrow is his eight-year anniversary with Sonia. Uh and they met on a little island in the Pacific uh while they were both stuck there while the weather was bad. Um and that he wants to end this. There were also some hidden frames in the video uh that when compiled made up a image of Talbot's face. Hmm. Which brings us to our last day of ARG, uh, January 31st. Ooh. So, okay, uh, so. Which, yes. <laughs> has Christmas passed yet in ARG I time? Believe, I believe it has in ARG okay, time. Okay, so we've officially missed Christmas. I think so. Okay. <clears throat> um. So the 31st starts with uh, a video of Sam and Occam lowering a remotely operated vehicle into the ocean. Uh, Sam starts piloting it in an attempt to find the black rock. Uh, the players then have to play a little activity called Find the Black Rock, where they have to pilot the ROV through a series of 10 waypoints in under three minutes. Damn, in that control scheme? I get, yeah, I guess. We're really ratcheting up to a boss fight. <laughs> um, and if you can't do it, uh, you just get a little video of Sam being like, oh man, like we didn't find anything. <laughs> um, if you do do it, uh, you get a video of Sam spotting something on the cameras. And Is it Sonya? It's not a sh- it's not a ship, but it's the tail fin of an oceanic jet. Wow. 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 <laughs> Who could have foreseen this? <laughs> with with the hindsight of knowing about Lost and knowing about season four, it th- this is a little like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know what's going to happen in season four of Lost... Having a whole advertising campaign end on, by the way, we found a part of the of the plane that is accounted for on the island in the ocean is like, I could see that being a mind-blowing twist at the end. That's true. I, I Yeah, I feel like playing this, 
as, like, a lead-up to the season and, like, not knowing what, like, the basic premise of the season was going to be, like, this would have blown people's minds. Yeah, I would have gone rip shit. Yeah. <laughs> High school Andrew would have gone absolutely rip shit if he, had, if he had played this and found out about this after season three. <laughs> this description says, As Akko looks on with an expression of surprise and Talbot mysteriously conceals his faint satisfaction, Sam breaks down in tears. <laughs> uh, and then it shows a news report... Uh, about how uh, Oceanic Flight A15 was found accidentally by the Christian in the Oceanic in the Indian Ocean. Um, it also says that uh, Sam was on the ship when the discovery was made in a bizarre coincidence, so that he is unavailable for comment with regard to the tragic loss of his partner. Uh, and there's a little interview with Talbot uh, talking to the the news reporter saying like yeah sam joined the expedition because he wanted to get away from his life but he was definitely grieving uh and he had studied this flight in hopes of finding out what happened and in a wild twist of fate he he found it while he was on the boat with us (laughs) (laughs) and then it like pans out to show sam watching the newscast right okay uh also that also that evening, there was indeed a uh, commercial for Oceanic Airlines shown on ABC. Uh, it was an announcement of the Golden Pass, which lets customers fly anywhere at any time. Uh, but the commercial was also interrupted by uh, clips of Sam and uh, photos of the underwater wreckage of 815. Uh, and Sam says, we can't trust these people. Oceanic Flight 815, we found it. Um, and then at the end, it shows the uh, the address for find815.com. Cool. Yeah. And um, that, was, that was pretty much the end of the ARG. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. That's, I, 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 I think the plot's a little kind of goofy, kind of disjointed, but I like the way that it plugs into Lost as a whole. I think it's, it's kind of neat, even if it is a little, a little ham-fisted, a little on the nose. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what is lost if not a little bit ham-fisted? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, what do you say we get... Is, oh, go ahead. Is it really lost if it's not a little on the nose? Yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, we should rate this. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the story of this one, Martin? What do you think of the plot? I'll give it like a like a six or a six point five, I think. Okay. I like uh I don't know, I like I like that it, it ties in very neatly to like the uh the story of season four. Um and I agree that if I had wa- like if I had been a part of this before season uh season four came out i would have gone absolutely nuts yeah if i if if i was a part of this i would have absolutely lost my shit it's it's funny i tried to play along and i just like didn't care at all and but if i had carried if i'd followed along and like learned what happened at the end of this i would have lost my mind so that's me having zero willpower i guess but yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll give it like a six i think yeah same here yeah. Uh, what do you think about the puzzles? I actually, I really like the little mini games in this. 
I think they're very they're very clever. Yeah, I like. Th- I think that if go ahead, <laughs> I think if you have the budget to to do that kind of thing alongside more traditional puzzles, then like absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the uh, I, I like all the point and click adventure games. I think that's all really cool. I wish there was. Yeah, I wish there was a little more focus on uh, like tradition, more traditional ARG puzzles, like you were saying, and. It does seem a little sad that it just kind of devolves into like speedboat maze flash games at the end. It sounds like, yeah. Uh, but I think it's cool. Like it overall, it seems really neat. And I like the variety of things that show up, even if um, it sounds weird to say the variety, even if they feel a bit of the same. But like having multiple point and click adventure stuff is really cool. Yeah, I agree. I think. It's not as like it, it. It doesn't feel as like sprawling and, and big budget as the other Lost ARG, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. I li- I like it. It's got charm to me. Yeah, I mean, Jeep never shows up. We don't get any uh, sprite ads in this one, uh, so you know it can only be so good. But uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I I like this one. I think it's neat. And uh, what do you think about the replayability? How well is this uh, preserved, Marn? Uh, well, I mean, the the website doesn't exist anymore, but most of the videos, uh, if anybody wants to watch them, they are on Lostpedia. Like, people have saved them to YouTube. Mm-hmm. So, like, like a five or a six, I guess. About as well as you'd expect an uh, uh, underwater slave ship or a... Uh... Uh, airplane buried in the Segunda Trench? Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. And I feel like I know the answer to this one, but how fun do you think this one is? Um, I'd give it like a seven or an eight. Yeah, it's it's got a little charm to it. Hmm, I agree. And, and it's fun. T- it's always fun to talk about Lost. I, I like Lost. Lost is... Uh, Absolutely. Lost is... <laughs> Weird and wonderful, and I love uh, I love talking about and making fun of it. You can't go wrong. Yeah, it's not like Cloverfield, where by the time we we finished Cloverfield, I was like, I am so ready to be finished talking about Cloverfield. <laughs> yeah, by the time we finished Cloverfield, I was like, I don't think I like Cloverfield anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but Lost is just like. If you've watched it, you know pretty much exactly what you're getting into, and it's like, yeah, I'll t- I'll take some more of this. <laughs> <laughs> it it probably doesn't help, or it probably does help that we didn't say uh, time to do meaty arg analysis and rewatch the entirety of Lost as part of covering Lost. Okay, true. <laughs> <sighs> well, hell yeah! Uh, another short episode today. Sorry that this one uh, took a while to get out, and we'll be back with your eight hour long arg coverage starting soon but in the meantime do you have any recommendations for us martin uh yes i do uh this one is kind of a two-pronged recommendation uh because it is a thing that i started watching because of another podcast on the network after school anime club which you should listen to yeah after school anime (laughs) club's great yeah um, After School Anime Club is very good. You should go listen to it, especially because they uh, just finished doing a couple of episodes on Sailor Moon, uh, which I learned through the first episode they did on it that there is an updated dub that was recorded in 2015. Oh. Uh, and I have been watching it, and it's really good. <laughs> is it? 
I know they did like a Sailor Moon remake series, right? Right. So it's the dub cast from the remake series. It's the English voice cast, but they got them also to dub the original anime. Oh, cool. Um, and it restores like a lot of episodes that were left out of the original English dub um, because they were like deemed like the, like not appropriate for children or whatever. Um, and they don't like Americanize any of the names or anything. And it's basically just a, a really faithful dub and it's really good. <laughs> cool. That sounds great. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. I uh, was big into Sailor Moon as a kid, but I only ever watched like the original English dub and I read the like original translation of the manga, which still had all of the Americanized names. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm watching it with Alyssa, who has never watched uh, the original Sailor Moon or read the manga. So it's it's very fun to watch it with someone who is going in like completely blind uh, and we were just watching a couple of episodes tonight, and she's like, this is better than I thought that it was going to be, because I thought it was just going to be, like, like a regular, like, Monster of the Week anime, and, like, they all take turns transforming and, and like, doing their attacks and whatever, but, like, the side characters actually, like, have a lot to do and have, like, evolving B-plots. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's, I, really, it's, it's good. I've tried to get into watching... Digimon. I've been, I've been sucked into a lot of other Digimon stuff, but trying to watch it is a lot of like, oh boy, this is a dub for kids from the early 90s, huh? Mm-hmm. Early, early 2000s, huh? And I'm just like, yep. I I wish I liked this, but I cannot get deep into this. I will stick to the card game and video games and just like thinking about Digimon <laughs> instead of watching yeah. it in English. I am 100% with you on, on that but hell yeah if uh I, if there's a good dub of uh of sailor moon i'll probably i'll probably uh, my wife and i are need a new show so we'll have to check it out yeah it, it's really good it's on hulu um i found out tonight that they dubbed literally all five seasons including the last season which was never released in english until they dubbed it like in 2019 or whatever oh cool yeah that's awesome yeah it's it's really good um i know that like people I feel like in terms of the newer Sailor Moon anime, it's either really like you like it or you don't because it is a very faithful adaptation of the manga, which means that it doesn't have a lot of the like filler content that was made for the original anime, which means that like you lose a lot of the filler, but you also lose like a lot of the side characters having actual arcs and like spending more time with them. (laughs) I, yeah, I think that, um, on a, a slight tangent, my hot take about Naruto is that I think that like the show gets better for having as many filler episodes as it does because you actually yeah. have to care about the side characters. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I I feel the exact same way about Sailor Moon. Cool. <laughs> like you spent you spent a lot of time in, in even the first season with some of like the side villains and like uh, Usagi's like friends at school who aren't Sailor Scouts. Like they get arcs. Hell yeah! And it's like well that doesn't really happen in the manga and it's just like really interesting stuff that they just put into the show (laughs) it's great watch sailor moon hell yeah i'll have to check it out yeah i also i also was surprised because i forgot how long it takes for you to meet the rest of the the uh, sailor guardians oh like do they not just like show up in the first episode no sailor like the first one doesn't show up until like episode 
10, I want to say. Oh, okay. And then, like, and then, like, it's just uh, Sailor Moon, Sailor Mars, and Sailor Mercury for a while. And Sailor Jupiter doesn't show up until, like, episode 25. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Okay. I know. It's it's especially crazy because I've been watching... Uh, Liz and I have also been watching the new Tokyo Mew Mew anime, and they just introduce all the, like, all the characters in the first four episodes. They're like, here's the team. That's it. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> cool yeah it's it's good it's it's a surprisingly slow burn of a of a first season huh neat yeah uh my recommendation this week i guess this month it's been a while um lately what have i been into lately have i been into anything no uh lately i've been playing there's a new game on the switch and on like all consoles uh it is digimon survive uh which is a surprisingly dark digimon visual novel slash ta- like uh tactics game hmm. yeah it's you play as like a group of digidestined like you would say well okay the game's weird because i'm almost done with it and i don't think the word digimon has been used that's wild it is very weird like they will i want to say that like on menus they'll say like pick your digimon but then in the game itself, nobody has referred to them as Digimon, including the monsters themselves. Like, Agumon will just be like, that's a weird monster. Hmm. And it's like, I don't know, it's very odd. Uh, but So I guess they're Digidestined, but no one's ever said the word. But you get like a group of teens that uh, gets lost in an alternate world that I guess is the digital world alongside new Digimon friends. Uh, and they have to figure out how to Digimon survive together. Um, they don't all Digimon survive in a way that <laughs> is a lot darker than I expect. It's like the game's called Digimon Survive, but I didn't expect it to actually go dark. Uh, and the game goes really dark in some places. So if you're interested in a like darker, slightly more mature Digimon story, I know that's a small market, but it's a good place to go. Yeah, I feel like most of what I've seen from, like, my friends who got it to play is, like, them making a tweet that's, like, time to play Digimon Survive, and then, like, three hours later being, like, oh my god, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) I've seen, like, three separate people go through that whole range of emotions in, like, the past five days. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh, it's surprising, and it has been. Uh, uh, I think so. A lot of like visual novels or games that have like a branching narrative will have just like you know here are some obviously here's a branching narrative. You can pick places to go, and then the story will play out depending on what you choose. Mm-hmm. I think that like the first playthrough in this game is kind of locked to a certain story, and then it will open up in like new game plus style playthroughs but that means that like your character's forced to make some mistakes that lead to some bad endings in places oh wild yeah in a way that like i really didn't expect like the the playthrough here feels like i'm playing through a different like it feels like i'm playing through like an alternate playthrough of the game to see what would happen if we didn't do XYZ or something like that. It feels like huh. you're forced to not do XYZ in the first version so that 
you can go back and redo it in a way that makes it more poignant when you are able to do things. I don't know. It's I, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but it's been really neat to see playthrough and evolve, and I'm uh, curious to see how it feels on a on a another playthrough. Cool. Yeah. So if you're looking for a visual novel that is also a a, a tactical role playing game that also has Digimon involved, uh, check it out. It's a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I think that that is going to do it for us. So uh, until next time, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do so. We are together on Twitter at Argonauts Pod. Otherwise, you can find us individually. Uh, I am at co-host Sherms. I am at Corpse Survivors. And if you want to find us in a, a longer form, you can do so by sending us an email at argonautspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, you can do so by going to our Patreon. That's P-U-H-T-R-A-Y-I-N.com. Otherwise, you can go to patreon.com and search for the Argonauts Podcast. Um, yeah, so I think that's going to do it for us. So until next time, that's Args, baby. My name's Max Newland. My friends and I love anime, but you don't have to take my word for it. Hello, my name is Max Kostrak, and I have a confession today. I do love anime. Hey there, my name is Stevie Matos, and I love anime like I love yogurt parfaits. I watch it, I engage with it, and I think about it a lot. Give me a good bed of mechs, sprinkled with some harem anime, a slice of life, and some little dabs of a sports anime. Let's go. Mm. Now doesn't that sound delicious? Join us every Monday at the After School Anime Club, a podcast where we play fun games and talk through the anime classics of the 90s and 2000s. That's the After School Anime Club, available now on your podcatcher of choice.